Hello, bonjour, welcome, bienvenue to the Football Well English podcast. I'm your host, Liam, and once again this week I'm joined by Tom. Hello, everyone. And George. Hello, everybody. <laughs> On this week's episode, we'll be discussing a vital victory against Monaco, where 10 men are well managed to win 3-2, coming from behind. We'll also be looking ahead to the weekend where Owell continues <laughs> to go in the hunt of Champions League football as they host Lorient on Saturday evening. So, looking at the day and now, we're recalling on Tuesday and the, the fact that Lyon have managed to win a big game after we had lots of doubters, it's finally started to set in. This game was potentially a season decider. And the three points was imperative. As I mentioned, there were some doubts before kickoff, but Owell managed to come from behind and win the game 3-2. The, the guys also had to play a period of the game with 10 minutes after Kakare was sent off for a second yellow card offence. Owell had to have Memphis, Marcelo and Shirky to thank for a massive three points. So again, I'll say it again, not looking at anyone, <clears throat> George. Uh, we uh, we had some doubters before the game last time we recorded that we couldn't get the three points. I think I was the only one who predicted that we would get the three points. Um, first of all, have you got anything to say, George? Uh, um, well, I will admit um, they made me eat my words. So um, I would like to apologize to the club, which I already did via Twitter. They already accepted it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was not expecting it and they turned it around and, um, it was just, if there was one game in league on that defines like a good game, it defines everything. This was it. This had everything. Fights, <laughs> comebacks, <laughs> VAR check on a punch in the face, <laughs> you, you know, it just had everything. Um, I was not seeing that. I'm not going to lie. I was not going to see it. I was very pessimistic. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I, of course, said we we're going to lose through nothing. So they made me eat my words. And I would like to take this time and apologize to every OL fan that I should never do that again. I was doing reverse psychology. I was just doing, just doing reverse psychology here. You know? Getting the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no just, I'm just digging myself a big deeper hole in this case. Just, uh, no, just stop no. where you started. No, but I will admit, I do apologize. All right, they made me my words, and now I can't. Now I'm on that like hype train. Now I'll get it. Let's see if they can continue that momentum going forward. Knowing Definitely now am. that we have a very, I guess you can say, reasonable schedule as compared to Monaco. There might be a chance yeah. we might overtake them, but definitely we've seen this before. Two yeah, let's let's not do anything. Yeah, let's see how it goes, especially with the Lorient game being so ugh, right now. I mean, George just mentioned there that lots were going on in this game. Tom, were you happy with the uh, the passion and the resilience that the lads put on show? Thing is, the resilience it mostly came from the, the usuals, which was you know, um, yeah, Memphis and the two legends that are Ryan Shirky and Bruno Gimarch. Um, I can't say I, I saw as much passion in <laughs> in um, in 
Michael Mendes or Alexis Nair by any chance under that incursion to the top. Again, I'm not going to attack Benaya because he was injured and so on, but when it comes to passion, um, you know, you've got to pick up. I'm not going to mention his name, but you know who MX uh, <laughs> Maxos is. Uh, I mentioned him every week. I'm sure we'll get to, to his part as well at some point. So, yes, I was very pleased with the passion. Um, I think the result kind of also does overshadow the fact that we were terrible for the first part. Um, yeah, we weren't great. Like, at 1-0 down, I was like, contemplating whether I should just go back to writing my dissertation and give up. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, it was infuriating to start with. And I was just like, oh, this is always the same. It felt like the, the, monog- the, you know, the cup game again, only with us dominating for you know, half an hour less than we did the time. Um, so... I was happy we turned it around, and I've not seen much of that this year. Um, I, you know, calendar year at least. Uh, Ren is probably the only example I've got in mind in terms of of that yes. turning around. Uh, but again, also came from Memphis at the time, so you know who to look at when you're looking for the main players in that result, um, and not you know Lopez's punch. Yeah, it's, it it makes you um it makes you worried for just under two months time when Memphis sadly looks like he will be departing us. But looking at more positive things for the then and now. Um, speaking of the then and now, before the game we were four points off Monaco, and now things are starting to look a lot prettier. With there's only one point behind after that victory. Again, I ask the same question every week, George. Do you believe that UCL qualification is possible? It, oh, of course it's possible. Anything's possible. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, but you have We've to We've got a positive of, George. No, but you have to think of it in this context. Joyful like, George. They have Len Lance, they have Ren, yeah. and they have, oh my God, Stade de Rennes as their final three games, along with the Coupe de France semifinal against Porto. I, I will say this. With Leon, I'm not trying to be negative or anything, but smaller teams doesn't necessarily mean it means easier. So no, I, I understand that, like but the Ryan, the to fight for. I don't but like the, the argument of of calendars being better or worse because no, no, no. I'm saying like Lons, <laughs> they're fighting for Europe, whether it be the Europa League or Europa Conference. Yeah. Ren also fighting for Europe. In Sadalem, I'm thinking they're mid table ish. So they I mean they're safe, but they would like to, you know, get some positivity going to next season. So it's not gonna be easy for us too, because we have two teams that are in a relegation battle. If Lorient beat us, then then memes are relegated. So the next week would be redundant for them. We beat Lorient, then the memes game gets even more um Pressure for them to win to get something, and then there's Nice, who's mid-table that has nothing to fight for. Lauren, sort of, they're not quite safe, but nearly. Um, they're nearly, yeah. but they can't really like things would have to go their way, like Nantes losing and Nîmes losing. Losing. Well, Nantes is the real issue. Nantes yeah. is the real issue. Nîmes are like below them. Um, Nantes. Uh, yeah, Nîmes. Nîmes have gone. Nîmes have gone. Nîmes have gone. 
They're not yeah. gone yet. They're not mathematically yet. No, I think if, if it, yeah, it it'd be a big sound special if Ming managed to stay up. Yeah. Let's put it that way. points, which at this point of the season is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Lauren on a 38. So, you know, you have to lose quite a lot. <laughs> you just yeah, have to draw. Three I think just, they, for Lorient, they just have to draw one of those three games, yeah. and they're good. Um, not on 34. So, it's, it's you know, only four points behind with three games to go. So, that's where the real challenge is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Nîmes' challenge is going to be trying to catch up with Nantes and try and get into that. Uh, promotion relegation battle. Playoff. Yeah. So. You call it a playoff? I call it a re- yeah. promotion relegation battle. <laughs> well, well same, as an American, same, I think same. a playoff is something different. Like, that's why. Maybe yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you think on the qualification chances to for Champions League, Tom? Are you, are you a lot more optimistic now after that three? Yeah, I mean, a lot more positive, I wouldn't say so. Um, so more, more positive, yes. Um, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, you've got to, you've got to do better than Monaco. And I think 2021 yeah. has been difficult. Uh, obviously, we've just beaten them. So that's, you know, um, but you can take both teams it's it's you know board monaco have been doing really well in this year and we haven't held that actually which is why we're in this position yeah um so general trend would say we're not going to make it but then sunday's game kind of takes things away um yeah but we have you know we're gonna have looking into the lauren game we're gonna have a few issues back oh yeah yeah that's my biggest concern right now is morion I think the one thing as well is that it's not in our hands because obviously we're relying on results. We've got to do our thing. We've got to win the three point. We've got to win the three points for the next three games. But you're relying on Monaco to drop points, mm-hmm. which they've barely done in this past season. Yeah. Like, yeah, was it just the Strasbourg game and Sunday? That's it. And Leon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. It, I'm being positive because that's, you know, I was positive, trying to be positive for Sunday. Um, I know a draw didn't come across as positive, but I was kind of hoping that it would go our way. Um, and that worked out. Um, but realistically, it, as I said, it's not in our hands. So uh, we, we have to hope that there's at least one draw out of those next three uh, and that we have to win all three. That's the big thing there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Monaco self-sabotaging two of their next three games. No, I agree. I don't. Obviously, one one game can potentially dampen confidence, but again, I think it's possible they do drop points. They could drop points this weekend. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest chance we're going to get. Yeah, three cup finals. God no! Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. We're not very good at cup finals. 
We've already, we've, no, we've already jinxed the fact that we were going to be champions by starting a podcast. Not, don't start going into um, <laughs> ten finals or three finals, whatever it is. No, in all seriousness, it's three games of football that Leon have got to win to ensure that Champions League qualification is secured for next season. Yep. Looking back to the then and now with the Monaco game coming away from the thing that is Champions League qualification, who knows what will happen there, but. Having seen what happened after the game with the, I'm going to call it incident in air quotations, um, there was scraps, scuffles, fights, violence, whatever you want to call it, between staff and players from both clubs. Yeah. This led to Marcelo, the Shiglio, both being sent off. And that, as just mentioned, they will miss. Jeez. The next game, so next game, uh, it looks like they might miss the rest of the season. So we're going, we're going to be without the Shiglio and Marcelo for L'Oreal at least, and then the game previous. So you may not see those again this season. So we've got that fact to worry about for the rest of the season. So again, obviously, three points. Happy. What was your reaction to the incident after the game? I mean. Things boiled over and you could tell it's a big game. Champions League qualification. Monaco are out of the title race, probably, as things stand after that result. So, again, obviously, yeah. they're disappointed with that. It's one of those things where both teams wanted the three points. Lyon came out on top. Something was said or something happened. I'm not 100% sure what would, what happened. Listening to another podcast today, apparently something was said in Italian. Between Pellegrini yeah, and Deciglio. Like Pellegrini and Deciglio did get along. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Italian speaking. Not very yeah. <laughs> there was hot blood, and by the looks of Twitter, everyone from Monaco seems to think that we're the new main rivals. We're like, who are you? Um, yeah. We've got enough rivals, we don't need you guys. Yeah. Who you rock. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I wasn't particularly impressed with the the, the incident, but um, I can't say it was a bad thing. You know, I I, I somewhat enjoy it. In rugby, you, you know, I saw the video again. I'm like, where's the fist fights? I just keep getting people pushing around. Give me some fists. If there's an incident, give yeah. me some fists. Give me some we're, something we're like that. Fans. Give me some violence. I mean, I really prove that if we're talking about an incident, I want this line. I want something. This is just pushing around being part of my language of being pussies. I'm like, really? Like these just like sorry. Like that's not an incident to me. That's just more being like being like childish. Sorry. I mean, I don't I don't want I don't want to Encourage the players to start fights with the opposition. Obviously, you want to see passion, and you want to see the the, you want to see the players fight for the shirt. I don't want to be encouraging, um, I don't know, brawls in the middle of a pitch. After it was good to see the Shiglio man up, trying to you know fight his corner. It didn't look like he was doing anything that bad. Again, most videos don't show anything Marcelo doing, but you know. I saw the final video where he does actually get somewhat involved. Um, I think overall, you know, the, the Leon directors have put out that it's Monaco's fault and that 
um, ex Leon Goodalls was big was part of that as well. I was like, really impressive, nice one. Um, <laughs> and then you've got a you know a, an update from the Monaco website saying, oh, we can't accept the fact that Leon are having a go at us on that, and that uh, we've started the fight. It's like, why would Leon want to start a fight? We, we've just won, and we just we just won. Yeah. Monaco yeah, just being crybabies. It was they were just Monaco just being crybabies, and um, one little thing sparked it out. That's basically what I thought in of that it. That context, yes. Um, I think arguably, if if it's gone the other way around, we saw it at the cup game. It boiled over, and and Leon weren't very happy, and very no fair play either. So I think it's it true. works both ways. It works. It does work both ways. But I think the cup I was mean, in their game. That's why they like really wanted yeah, to go for it. I, you know, I was, I was not particularly impressed with the fight. I uh, saw them fighting for the shirt, I guess. But um, if it means that we don't get Marcelo and Chivio for the rest of the season, um, that's not great. Um, no. As much as we've talked badly about the Chivio, arguably his best performance came the day he's being kicked out for the rest of the season. And that's probably yeah, the actually, last game of the season. Actually, Leon. his best games so far in the season is when he went from left back to center back. I mean, His yeah, best I mean, games when he was in center he's back. He's assisting on the goal. I mean, <laughs> we, can, we can touch on the Shiglio in a bit, but I will admit I was impressed with him last night, whether that was just for getting stuck in and showing that he's happy to play for the shirt or, you know, just actually looking like a decent footballer for once. But as I say, we'll touch on that where um, mentioning on other controversial players, maybe somewhat looking at Lopez, he was at fault again for giving another penalty away, which could have cost us the game. Luckily, thanks to Leon Shirky, we, he didn't. <laughs> but again, we keep we he's someone who's spoken about a lot on this podcast in terms of his excellence. Again, every time we mention him, the Lille game comes to my mind. Without him, we'd have lost that game. There's been other games where he's come up with excellent saves, and I think the narrative is that majority of the time he's a good goalkeeper. But for all the good things, there's those glaring mistakes, like the um, punch again in air quotation marks, where he um, missed the ball and accidentally hit uh, Pietro Pellegrini yeah. in the face. Like it is a punch. <laughs> it's a punch. Yeah, <laughs> it's a punch, but he. Yeah, he could totally I mean, be an ultra when he's done with this. When he's done with his career, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Lopez. in real terms, he gave he gave a penalty away, and again, that could have cost us in this game. So we spoke a little bit before recording in a group chat when we were talking about what we were going to do for this episode, and we spoke about competition. I think one of us in the group wants to replace him. Coming to you first, Tom, what do you think the best thing to do is with Lopez going into next season? Because he's a good goalkeeper. He wouldn't have been number one for seven years. I think that's right. If he wasn't a good goalkeeper. Um, I think there's a, there's a big there's a debate to have around it because he has been at number one for over seven years. Also, in those seven years, we've not had that much to spend on goalkeepers. Uh, no. Apart from Tassel Rosano, who didn't really get a real chance to play. He's not had real competition uh, in those seven years. 
so maybe he wouldn't have stayed that long at the at number one. On the other hand, um, you look at his reaction to Gretchen's goal, which is yes, relief that he's not you know um, let go of three points because of his punch, but also he's a real fan of the club, and there's no debate there. And yeah. For that, I I, I can't fully trust him uh, to do his absolute best. Yes, he's a bit like mistake prone. Uh, and I think he, it, the thing is, he, for that punch, he'd just come out and did another similar mistake like two minutes before and attacked. Yeah. Is it Marcelo Diamante? I can't remember which one. Marcelo. Marcelo. So he's like, oh, I'm going to do this again and I'm fail again. And you're like, think twice. I, I think that's the thing. He's a bit too. I think it's part of his game because he's slightly shorter and there's been interviews of him this year saying oh, I need to you know, clear my box and be the better one, be the strongest one and really impose myself. Otherwise, I'm not getting anywhere near the ball. But it seems that by trying to get near the ball, he's actually getting near opposition's face or lungs or hips. And you're like, just aim better. <laughs> the ball is, is circular. It's not opposition's head I don't know um, so in terms of, of replacing him no um, because I still think he's an excellent keeper and I've seen the, the videos again of the Juventus game from this summer um, just going down memory lane there's some incredible yeah. saves in that game um, which keep us in the tie and yeah he, he's a great keeper um, but as you said there's always those mistakes which he needs to work on. Um, it apparently is not because of the goalkeeping coach because he had he's had what two if not three different ones in those last seven years. So there's yeah. something inherent about him who's a bit crazy, and I think mm. that's that's part of him, and you can't really change that. I remember but his time when he punched some person in Marseille. I remember that game, Marseille yeah. versus Oval, punched someone, and he was the captain. Likes, <laughs> there's no debate about it he likes a bit of a scrap and he's always he's the number one shouting on the pitch to motivate the play so we need that as well and that's also why we had the argument last week of him being a captain because he's inherently very good at leading the group thing is he's also sometimes an issue with it, like those mistakes um, so having someone really pushing him to his best where he knows there's genuinely a chance that he could be replaced. Because let's be honest, Polisbeck is not taking his place on a fair no. competition. Um, he's only sitting in for Lopez for cup games. So if there was a real competition, like there is in Manchester United between De Gea and Henderson, which has swapped over a few times this season. Um, Everton as well. Everton as well. Although Everton has Can we say Man City's with uh, Zach Steffen? And, uh... No, Zach Steffen no. No, I think the the case with Everton is that Robin Olsen and Pickford have both had spells as number one and have continuously changed a few times yeah. this season. Thing is with Everton is that they're both not great and that's why they're being changed. Yeah. While Henderson and De Gea is like who's actually the better. Yeah, it's it's a different scale, but it's the same scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So if there was a real competition, uh, someone who's on par, if not slightly better, than Lopez then, yeah, he probably would still start because of his legacy, but he would push himself to be better, I hope. Um, yeah. 
not exactly what we've seen with Duke Blunt addition be this year, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that's not been really fair competition. But no, usually, that's true. Usually, when there's competition, um, people push themselves to be better. Thing is, with goalkeepers, they need to be trusted and be confident and so on. So swapping them in and out isn't exactly the best thing either. No, so it's not. I I would say competition is the way forward. Um, but you need to find someone who's ready to to start as substitute because Lopez is going to be number one to start with until he makes a mistake. Yeah. I mean, after the game, he did say, I guess it was something on the lines of like, when you're passionate, you do crazy, stupid things. It was something like that. And I guess that does make sense. We've we've spoken about that he's he's not afraid of a, a challenge or a scrap, as you may say. He's um, he's definitely he's definitely a hard guy. He's Anthony Lopez, but yeah, obviously you want, you need those short. players. Yeah, you do need those players. It's and I know for you, George, the mistakes have been creeping in a little bit too much recently. And keep in mind, it's not just this season. It's been like that last season and towards the end of Genesio's seasons as well. So it's not like just a one-year thing. I just want people to point out it's been multiple seasons where things like this have happened. In the short no, term, but- I would, I would, if, if to be uh, like a sarcastic thing as well, if I was Lopes, I would go up to Shirky and ask him, what do you want? Do you want a Rolls Royce? Do you want a Bugatti? Do you want me to pay off your uh, parents' house? Do you want me to buy you a house or something for your girlfriend? Do you want me to buy anything that he asked? Lopes should do because had Ryan Shirky not scored that goal and it was two-two, this conversation would not be about Ryan Shirky and the positivity. It would all be about the blunders of Anthony Lopes, and we'll be having the same conversation again. So, in my opinion, Lopes had if if we had it as 2-2. Two, two. Obviously, we have to keep it in that context. It would have been another two points dropped caused by Lopes. So, how many more times are we going to take him dropping points? That's the question. How many points are the fans going to take for them to be like, okay, leave? I think if this game turned around to be a draw, I think that would have been the breaking point. That, that again, it's up to the people, but personally... It's been more consistent this year than you most, but he has been doing this in the past as well. I don't know if it's been more consistent this year. I feel like last year was really good, and that's because he's made that um, last-ditch penalty against Brest, um, (coughs) against Monaco, uh, and there's been a fair share of mistakes. I mean, even that one that we lost recently where he put back into play. Mets at home. Mets at home. I, I feel there's been more mistakes this year, yet I still believe so strongly in him. And I think that show of passion at the end of the game just shows how dedicated he is to the club. And that's why I want him to stay. And I know, Liam, you want him to, want him to be still number one. But can you agree that maybe a bit of competition would help him improve? I think competition would be great. That's what he needs. He I, needs like some competition to like get him on like 
Because if he's just going to be starting every single time, he's going to feel like, oh, I have no competition. He's just going to... Yes, complacency. I don't like complacency. I want something that can really challenge him. But here's the downside. If we completely challenge him, then there's going to be this battle of which one do you do, and it's going to cause a friction in the dressing room, and it's just not going to be a pretty sight. So there is a double-edged sword. So I do agree with Tom. There should be competition. But how much competition do you want that causes friction and it kind of like puts a lot of things on a plate that you didn't really need to do in the beginning? So that it's it's that kind of polar opposites, you know? It's hard to come by, especially with goalkeepers. I agree that competition would make sense. Not I'm not too worried about there being friction caused between starting goalkeepers. I don't think it's something that they're really going to argue about. I think you've got to be deserving your position in the team. And then again, if you're not deserving in the team, that's what competition's about. You've got to work hard on the training ground to make sure you are deserving to overtake that person in the team. But my worry is about the competition argument is what what is competition? Because Lopez is 30, which is what should be as a goalkeeper entering the prime of his career. And okay, I guess this season that you've just spoke about it there between yourselves, there has been mistakes. Goalkeepers do make mistakes. No one's perfect 100% of the time. But Lopez will be thinking, well, if Leon go and spend 15 million euros on a goalkeeper in the summer, which again would be a, a sizable fee if you're going to be looking at someone that is good enough to compete with Lopez, because Lopez is a good goalkeeper. He's one of the best in France. So I think that's the sort of money you have to part with to get someone of that level of ability to be able to justify starting ahead or to compete with him. Are they going to want to come sign for Leon without the guaranteed promise of a start? I'm not 100% sure. He did, but again, Tatarasanu was... 33 and cost you might have to remind me how much it cost but I don't think he's going to cost 15 million he wasn't 15 million euros yeah, was he? he was around a million so again no but I agree about this debate about Lopes it's very I guess it's like I want to say it's like a can we say it's like a hot potato or like um a double-edged sword what's the best reference in this case yeah, I guess. it's really uh, not something that we really want to talk about but we have to talk about but kind of like Want to go venture in that thing because it could lead to more think, chaos in Pandora's box. Pandora's box. There we go. I think you continue this conversation continues in a spiral where you keep finding yourself the same thing. I think we're all in the agreement that competition would be a good thing, but whether you're able to find suitable competition that fits that profile, that's happy to be in competition, is a completely different story. Find someone who's better than Again, but is Lopez going to want to be replaced? Lopez will leave, and do you want? Is Lopez going to be happy with that, etc.? A club official is going to want to get rid of him because I do. Don't forget, I think there is some sort of sentimental value with the fact that he came through the academy, and that's why he's been number one for such a long time. Not saying that he doesn't have the quality, but again, I do think that has had a bearing factor on that. But again, I think. We'd be at this for hours talking about potential Lopez replacements or goalkeepers that could compete with him. But again, that's something that we can maybe look up towards in the summer if 
we do into the go into the market for a goalkeeper. Looking at the more positive notes and rather than the person who could have dropped his points, but the person who saved the points. Finally, Rayan Shirky has his first league and goal. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. It's something I've been waiting for a long time as someone who's did you shed a tear, Leo? Did obsession. you shed a tear when he scored? With a slight obsession with the youth academy, I must admit, to see Shirky score was a question. Did you shed a tear? My, uh, did you shed a tear when my, Ryan Shirky was I didn't shed a tear. I, for context, I didn't watch the game live. I didn't look at my phone. I was working till 10pm. So when I got home, the game had just finished. I had it on record, so I'd watched it when I got in and when that goal went in it was I think quarter to one or something like that and everyone else in the house was in bed so I had to be as quiet as possible but if um, if it was 9.45 and everyone was awake kind of um, full of been dancing around the living room etc but in honesty I was um, that's probably one of my favourite moments of the season but we'll talk about that at the end of the season hopefully we've got Champions League football to look forward to but to see him get his goal at long last, I'm sure you, like me, as someone who's happy to see talents come good through the academy, how important we to see and happy was it to see uh, Rayan Shirky get the match-winning contribution, Tom? Um, well, I, I, you know, that, uh, it ties in with, with Bruno's coming in as well. I think it's just generally with this, like, both of them... Both of them coming in and mission, instant impact. I think we, we yeah. can't forget that they nearly scored like two minutes before as well, like six yeah. seconds into their entrance. And you're like, wow. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> what good players can do to a team. Surprising they're not starting. Um, no, for Ryan Sturkey, honestly, amazing. Like, the fact that he's still one of the record holders of youngest players to score, knowing we've had him playing professional football for the last year, at least, if not a year and a half. Yeah, longer than yeah, yeah, 18 months. That. Yeah. Um, With COVID, 18 months. Yeah, well, you know, I think his highlight performance, obviously, was, was not in the cup in January, yeah, in February the last year. So, that's more than a year he's been in a professional group. So, yeah. the fact that he's still got the record, or second record, I think, Leon's youngest goal scorer behind Lacombe is impressive. Yeah, he's been waiting on it for such a long time, and yet he's still so young. Um, yeah, you said that expectations have been maybe a bit too high for him, um, and that maybe taking a bit of pressure off him um, might help. Um, but we've also seen that he reacted to pressure as as a way of like expressing his feelings, shushing whoever he was shushing. I think that's. Garcia. <laughs> I don't know if it's Garcia, you know, directed also at Trixie Shaw or... I uh, mean, Bruno is also putting double fingers in the air. Yeah, like I don't know. There's, there's a mix of things you'll never know, but I think there's, like, you know, a mix of both both celebrations of, like, um, I don't know, I'm too good, you know, kind of lifting his arms and then shushing everyone. <laughs> like, um, okay, he had a lot on his heart and was definitely, like, I want to show that I'm this good. Yeah. And that next season, you need to count on me because I'm going to have a big role next year. And I need to yeah. you know, live up to people on Football Index who've had such a healthy 
example is next. Or my friends are Sorare, whatever. Um, so I was really happy for him. Uh, and you could tell that he transpires the club. That morning he was on Twitter Food saying that he wants to be the club's number 10 for years to come. And that he wants to show to the world that he's not just a futsal player who's got a few tricks in him. Um, that he can just play at academy level and he's not gonna, never going to perform at the top level. He is that much better. And we saw it. That first touch, you know, it's not even like a cheap goal from inside a six-yard box. It's a it was a very cheeky goal. Love it. I know yeah. we don't know which is his best foot because he shoots three Belt. kicks with three feet. Um, he's, he can play with both. He's that good. He's, he's the Usman Dembele of Leon. You're never quite sure which foot <laughs> works. Um, but that's one-time finish in the bottom corner. And you're like... Yeah. He's come in like five minutes before. He's not even that fresh. And you're just like, okay. I mean, he's got talent. Um, so really happy uh obviously kind of there's a small regret of you know if he played more this season what could have been but you know you read yeah. the world with ifs and all and whatever so really happy for him Shoki, if you're listening probably <laughs> please do continue making us dream like that and hopefully one day he'll be you know like benzema scoring goals against rosenberg in the champions league and going on to win the champions league one day with leon or somewhere else yeah, I think Tom's giving a good tribute to what that goal could mean for Shirky. Just to go back to the celebration, did that not remind you of the uh, the Memphis celebration a little bit, the blind and death of the world? I just thought the way he does it and the Memphis jumps on him straight afterwards, it just reminded me of when Memphis came into the club and he was scoring big goals. 3-2, you know which game I'm talking about late on. It it just it just reminded me of that. Again, I'm not going to put any more pressure than we need to put on Shirky, but do you see that he's got that sort of I don't know, he's I think what I'm trying to say with his celebration was it was it was relieved to get that out of his system and I think that was just the direction of anyone who doubted him. The kid seventeen. He's a supreme talent and he's going to go on and do things. I don't think there's any doubts about that. But there's been things saying, oh, well, he's not got many goals this season in league and this, that and the other. And he's performing against league good teams in the cup, this, that and the other as well. But for you, George, does this mean that he could have a, a big impact next season, especially meaning that Memphis is saying that I've just likened him to with the celebration? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Whoever the coach is, whoever the coach is, yeah. is going to have a, a a talent, like, raw, like a, a, a coal heated up into a diamond, just something like, I can't think of the correct statement. Like, he has a diamond on his hands, and whoever coach is going to be is going to have to deal with that fantastic talent, that prime talent, that prime jewel yeah. of, um, of a player. Um, he's definitely going to, um, I think if we do get Champions League, it's great experience for him to learn a little bit more about the top European competition. Yeah. Even if it's Europa League too, like, don't keep me wrong. That's still good for him too, because other than the top, other than the final eight, he hasn't really had much European experience other than the youth league. So 
for him, whether it's Europa League or somehow like somehow he gets to Europa League or if it's Champions League, it's just great experience for him. It just puts more European football is European football. Exactly my point. So for me, it's good. Whatever the coach is, just utilize him the right way to make him flourish, make him make him glow, make him make, make him like a Benzema. I know I'm putting more pressure on him yeah. now with that. But, but still, um, he's gonna be a, a huge impact and I cannot wait to yeah. see what else he has in store for us. I mean he might not be even done for this it. season. Who knows? He could be still playing and maybe score one more two goals. Maybe that's my next exactly. goal. Instead of Slamani send goal, let's get Ryan checking three <laughs> goals by the end of the season. Boom. There you go. I mean, the way you predict, predicted that last time, I hope it doesn't end the same way and that we don't we see Wayne actually score three goals. But fair, I think there's, I there's could... a lot of positions in centre back if you need, you know, there's a lot of space for Wayne to play a bit. <laughs> so if he wants to, to play at centre back, happy to play him there. Ball playing centre back, he's got to be dribbling through some space. One player before we did go on to talk some clubs, maybe this is transitioning to that, is Denier seemed up it. I mean, Injuries, fitness could be creeping in, but apparently there's been something that Garcia hasn't been happy with him. I don't know if that's true, but he was at fault for the first goal and was pulled very early on, considering the sort of player that he is. I wouldn't have expected you to take... He was subbed in the first half. It's not something you... Yeah. On his ankle, so he he was clearly injured and could not play that game. I think George is going to go and say that Corne is responsible for that goal. Thank you, because he was the one that caused no. him to be onside. Well, he is. He, He's the one who's. He was the one that caused the person to be onside. Yes. I'm sorry. In that sit, in that situation, okay, he might be injured. I'm not saying that that doesn't affect his defensive thing, but he. He cuts across him. He I cuts across him in an attempt to get the ball. And then before he knows it, Ben Yedder's in front of him and putting the ball in the back of the net. Defenders, even if you do have an injury, if you're in front of him and you cut across him, you've okay. got to be able to get the ball away from him. You can't cut across him, lose your man, and then before you know it, it's 1-0. Sure. It's basic yeah. defending. Yeah. It's, it's simple defending. The line wasn't great, but what do we expect from Maxwell Corner? I have to He's agree with Tom left. on this thing because Maxwell's like two meters behind, at least from the line that Denai is trying to play. Yes, that basic defending. Yes, it, I, I see what you mean. Yes, I agree. I could defend inside. It's basic defending. It's poor yeah, defending. He can't run. I think it was just bad game management to put him to start. I would have much rather flipped it with Diomande starting and then maybe easing Denayer in. Because starting him right away, you could tell now that he that's not going to look good and he could be out longer. Like, our back line's already to the limit right now. With him gone, we don't even know if it's a back three or back four that we can have available. You know, with all the COVID, the red card, and the injuries, like, we don't even know if it's a back three or a back four, you know? So, I think it's just bad game manager to put him starting, knowing that there's just so much on the line to, like, risk a substitute so early on in the first half. I think it's a bit of both. I think there is a part of it that is basic defending, but if you've got an ankle that's swollen up 
you can't let the too much. It's it's difficult to get into that position, and you're not catching up Volland, who's quite a rapid striker as well. Um, Corne is at fault there as well because Denier plays the line, so having someone who's five meters behind the line is not going to help you play the line. But he shouldn't he shouldn't be on the outside. I think that's also part of the debate of whether Garcia should be playing a back three. And secondly, why is Denier playing at right back position where he's playing most of the time as a left centre back? And Dishlio is more of a right back than a left back. So why don't you invert them? Like, yeah. Invert the centre back. played most of the season as left centre back and Dishlio as right back. Why are they inverted? Who knows? We um, may never know in this case. We so may never know this question. Defending with a, a natural position of like, I'm inwards, outwards. I don't know. There's a bit of everything. I see your point of basic defending. I think with that kind of level of injury of an ankle, it is really difficult to defend on any player. I think you're being kind. I do. I think you're being kind. I, I just, as someone. Not what to say, oh, I'd have been a professional footballer if I hadn't broken my ankle. But knowing what an, an ankle injury is like, I get I get it. I do get it. It's it's just, it's it's not like he was immobile with his ankle. He'd managed to play 25 minutes before that happening. Again, he didn't look great, I must admit. He was a bit shaky, a few misplaced passes, etc. But considering the standards he's played at, and again, the injury that's the one thing that people are going to say, the injury, the injury. He played 25 minutes before that. To be able to, and someone must have said before the game, he was fit to play. They wouldn't have started him if he wasn't fit to play, even if it was at a last resort. Obviously, after 30 minutes and that goal, they've realised he wasn't fit. So maybe that's another fault for what happened. But Then it brings blame, back to the main thing of... Why play Bruno Guimaraes when he was injured during that time and no one told us about it? Same thing with Tino Cadawiri. Like, again, that's this, a whole this, this similar, bit. That's a whole, a whole debate, but that's bit, another but... situation that's similar to that. I think for that situation, Denai's just got to do better for me. It's just... It's very basic defending to not let your man cut across you when you're behind. I mean, based on his run, he's gone inside and then he's cut across and then before we know it, it's behind him. Obviously, the injuries go into impact that. I do get that. I'm not saying he should be perfect when he's injured and obviously he wasn't fit, but that's not his fault. But again, it's even we've seen players play on with injuries before, especially centre-backs play on with injuries. It's, it's, not, it's not some... I don't think that's something that would... We're not asking him to put in a dirt. You just have to fend him off and be strong and win the ball. It's not It's not something that we're not asking him to come in with a two-footed challenge and clear the ball. It's, it's just keeping your man off the ball, spatial awareness. It's not difficult. I just think it's too kind to say that Corne is at fault for that goal. Obviously, there's a part to blame because if it wasn't Corne, that ball goes in. If Corne is in line with them, that ball goes in behind and it's nil-nil. Mm-hmm. But I think Denier's got a lot more, uh, has got to take more of the blame in that situation. And obviously, the injury was a part and the fitness was a part of him being brought off. But I do think his opening 30 minutes was a reason as well 
in terms of him on the ball. Maybe not at full fitness, I get that, but even still, you would have expected more from Denier in that situation. Maybe I'm harsh, but I just think from a defending perspective, someone of Denier's quality, fully fit or not, has got to do better in that situation. But I think we've probably said enough on Denier there. On the positive note, any more tops from the game we've mentioned? Shirky, obviously Memphis was great. I'm sure Georgia wants to mention Marcelo's goal. Has anyone got a glaring top that outstood those two players? This is going to sound like repetitive, but before his red card, mm-hmm. Max actually played quite well. He was outnumbered yeah. a lot in midfield. Like There is something inherently wrong about that formation, which means that playing with two midfielders plus Paqueta in front is not going to work. Um, when you're coming up against, okay, Fabregas is not the quickest of players, but you've got two other players. So it's always going to be three against, well, those two deep lying midfielders that we have. I thought the system was a 3 5 2 <laughs> or 3 4 1 2. I don't even think we knew what the system was. No. It was, so it was very bizarre. So Kakri probably making the two first fouls of his career and got a top spot. Um, both of them were deserved, but I feel like he was a bit jittery and just not quite into it. But I think arguably he was actually having a quite good game up until he got sent off, which explains why the keep gave him a six. Like, Bruno can have his best game of the season and we've got a five. Kakri gets sent off, he gets a six. Yeah, that, that is a bit um, weird. But yeah, That's I think Kaka right. actually played quite well up until his Sunday off. Um, yes, he was a bit late on some of the challenges, but he arguably was quite good. That's the one thing I would say. The the tackling from him wasn't obviously it resulted in the red card, as so well it's evident. But I think there was he it was three times before he got yellow carded, and then by the time he was sent off, I think it was five. I think there were at least four occasions where he was late in the game. And when you're continuously late to challenges, you walk in a tightrope. It's it's yeah, one yeah. of those things. I I wouldn't say his overall performance, other than that, he was good on the ball again. He was leading the press in midfield, what we can rely on him to do. But maybe that's something that, obviously, he's young and he'll improve on that. Yeah, and it's his first... Yeah. No, it's not even like useless in that sense. It's in the sense that they're not going to come in field for help. So Monaco no, they stay wide. The yeah. They completely avoid the channels and went straight through the midfield where they knew that you're going to have those five players because Ben Yedra and Volland stay up front, but then you're going to have a lot of players from Monaco coming in field where there's only two players defending because Paqueta was out of it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in front. Yeah. He was out of it. So having just Mendes, who has been pretty poor recently, and Kakri doing all the running, um, at some point Kakri is going to have to make some mistakes because he's doing all the running constantly. So yeah, there's a bit of youth in it, and it was probably not his best game. I just think it was actually that bad up until he gets sent off. 
No, I, w- I wouldn't have used. I wouldn't have used the word bad. The word I would have used is naive. I think yeah. at his age, although we spoke about him playing on the big stage in youth games, I know it's not the same as a professional level, but as captain for the youth in the youth Champions League, UEFA Youth League, whatever it's called, he will have been in those scenarios before. I think it's something that will develop, but it's something that you'll learn that in those games when you are bossing midfield, you've got to be on point with your challenges. Or once you've done it once or twice, you've got to know not to do it a third time. And then that crept in. And then I think after the third time, I said, that's it, he's going to get sent off because it was a repetitive cycle. But again, I'm not going to criticise him because if it won for Kakra in the last few weeks, God knows where we'd be. Or To be honest, I don't think we'd have had anything positive to talk about on the podcast. So, again, he's allowed to make a mistake. It's the first of the season. So, I don't think we can talk about him at too much at length. So, obviously, Tom's continuing his love, love affair with Kakare despite a red card. But <laughs> other, other positives, Memphis, excellent again, George. Goal and assist, obviously the goal. It was nice skill to evade players. The shot took a wicked deflection, which did aid us getting back into the game. But again, you'll take what you can get, right? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, um, <clears throat> before the red cards, I like to say it like that. <laughs> the Shigley and Marcelo were actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but DeShiglio as center back, I approve. But him as left or right back, I do not. I don't know what it is. It's just, But it, either way, I just like, if anything, like, Pushka, imagine if DeShiglio did not get that red card, I could see him being a center back as a replacement temporarily until Denier can get fully fit. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I normally almost never say that, but that's a big statement for me to say something like that. The, like, him can being a center back. We've realized that he's actually quite good at center back, and I think that's his Italian upbringing. Genes, yeah. Genes and so on, and Catanaccio, and just being good at organizing. Um, I think there's also part of it is like, I'm edging towards the end of my season. Uh, the season. Juventus aren't doing too well and they don't want me at the club so I'm going to do the best for my CV to actually count here and show that I can actually to go somewhere else mm-hmm. yeah whether it's going somewhere else or actually telling Leon managers and so on you need to keep me because three to five million I think he stays I think he's going to stay I think he stays we've had yeah. this discussion a few weeks ago um, we were all against it and we were like what the hell um, my mind's they, changed. Yeah, we've all. I think we've all changed our minds about him because he's, yeah, he's fighting for the badge. He's learnt very good French. Um, he's quite good at centre back. Uh, and he's versatile as well. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's very versatile. So knowing that we like, imagine if we can't find another centre back, we can utilize him for the time being. Unless, exactly. So uh, yeah, we're suspending now, but. And he's also assisting for Turkey goal. Um, so maybe, you know, you know, George, you mentioned earlier whether we should keep Dubois as well. And that's, that's another argument. 
but I think True. the industry should stay. And and I mean, for the price tag, it's, it used to be like ten million, if I'm not mistaken. No, now no, they brought no, it down to they, no, no, no. I remember initially it was like ten yeah, million, yeah. and then they brought it down to like three to five. I'm like three to five. Three million. Okay. Yeah, right. at a club, but that's the only issue. I, I mean, it's true. Yeah. If he can re- try to find a way to reduce his salary, okay, take a pay cut. Let's go. I can make that it's work. I can. Very good deal. Yes, absolutely. It has to be a pay cut. It cannot be anything else. But three to five million is not bad. But he just needs to get that pay cut. If that's the case, he could be a very fluid, decent, you know, center back. If the things push comes to shove, or maybe a backup right back. You know, like that's what I'm thinking. But. Anyways, we'll talk about that at season's end, what we're doing with that. But uh, yeah, I'm just I giving agree. my thoughts of what it is initially at this moment in time on May the 4th that we're recording. The Shiglio did have a good game. For me, I think personally, since he has never gotten like a man of the match performance, quote unquote, I think I'm going to give it to the Shiglio. Yes. I think that's, yeah, that's fair. Because he's never gotten any praise or like good things, nope. and for him to have it in the biggest game of the year so far, I would um, give it to him. I would have given him more praise last week uh, if he hadn't lost. True. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So praise to Dushiglio, and I'm sure that if we can get some more Italians, you know, <laughs> supporting the <laughs> this is the way to go. Um, so Dushiglio had an outstanding performance and. Had the assist on the goal. How about flops, Liam? Um, yeah, flops is one of those. Th- the the one player that comes to mind is Thiago Mendes. I just oh, think mm, shocker, right? I mean, we'll we'll speak about Mendes later on with the possibility of him playing centre back again. Uh. Where's the Mendes gone from earlier in the season? He bossed midfield. He was the rock. At the back securing. I don't know about the club that seemed... unless he has a club yeah, in his I'm house. Say, is, the, is the weather improving in Leon? Have you probably seen Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Is he has he got the shampoos out of the fridge? I don't know. It's just he does he does have it's... a chef making food. I've seen that and he plays oh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Ah, that's probably why. Yeah, it's I don't know what to say. I mean, Mendes did put in some good performances in early in the season. Without him, we wouldn't be where we are based True. on some of those performances. True, but. but for me, he's a flop because whenever he's on the pitch, I always see it. It's just never good. But when Bruno comes in no. for him, things work out well. I wonder yeah. why. I will personally, unfortunately, I will say Paqueta, but but, 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 but we know the reason why. His wife was in labor and he went to go... Um, went go there late afterwards and um, congrats to him on a baby boy, you know. I think it's Filippo? Filippo? Yeah, Filippo. I know they're gone. Either way, I think his yeah. mind wasn't really there because I, he probably no. thought, like, you know, my wife's in labor, I gotta be there. Like, he just wasn't in it. So, yes, it's a, I know I'm giving you a little flop, but it's not like I'm giving you it to because you're bad. It's just because your mind was out somewhere else for good because reasons. Is he still feeling the impact of his mistake from last week? Potentially. Hopefully not. The victory is probably helping. Yes. Now he's yeah. feeling a bit better and uh, he feels that like we can actually still have a chance of Champions League. Like yeah. It's not all on him. 
that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's not all on him. I'm sure he knows. It wasn't anyway, but yeah. He's a big part of why we're still in the race. <laughs> but arguably, seeing the pictures last week, it's like he's got the whole weight on his shoulders, and it's like, oh my god, what have I done? And he's probably still feeling it a bit. But you know, yeah. Better, if you're listening, probably not. Um, we love you, and you, we love how much you've impacted the club this year. Um, don't feel it's your fault. Look at the guys behind you. I just think it's a loose. I'm giving it a loose flop because we know he's probably was his mind was not at the game at times. Coco so can be. Yeah. Oh, he. What? Let's leave. Let's leave it there on Tuckle Combi. We'll be here till this time tomorrow. No I comment think we can on agree Tuckle Combi. Tuckle Combi was a flop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's let's leave it there. Yeah, let's leave it like that. Flops. Let's leave it like that. Tuckle Combi was a flop. Let's 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 move on. Looking ahead to next week, as as I was just about to mention, OL going hunting for that Champions League spot against Lorient on Saturday night. Knowing three points will take us back into the podium. Last time we played Lorient, it was 1-1. Dubois scored a, a, an excellent goal, if I can remember correctly. But going into this game, for context, going back to that game, we'd come off the back of the final eight and I think players were a bit tired, etc. It was before that good run came in and we found ourselves top at Christmas. But going into this game, which again, is a must-win, not to use the term cup finals, but it's a game we've got to win. It's not something that we can take lightly. But Oello oh, are going to be without Memphis, Deshiglio, Marcelo, Kakare, and possibly Denier through injury. So considering these suspensions and potential injuries, how much of an impact do you see this having, Tom? And how can you see us lining up against Lorient on Saturday night? That's going to be interesting. Lineup, I think we've got to go forward and back again. Um, yeah. Because we don't have enough defenders. Um, Melvin Bard might have. I don't even know if Melvin Bard has got Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's got COVID as well. Borne um, is going to start left back. Looks like Mendes is going to, is going to have to start centre back. Yeah, that's been reporting with Keith. Jumande, I guess, would be the other thing. Jumande, yeah. <laughs> Tom's struggling right now remembering what plays we've actually got available. We still have Ben Lomry. We have Ben Lomry. Yeah. He came back. into training today. Um, yep, so. so yeah. play. Otherwise, Mendes, Jumande, Maro Gusto is going to have to start, I think, at right back. Or Shekou's not yeah. well, No, Dubois still around. Yeah, well, yeah, you're even forgetting Leo Dubois fit. Dubois around, so um, we might we might not even need Mal Gusto, which is not not a great thing, not a bad thing at all. Um, and then in midfield, well, Gimarsh is going to have to start, even if Brockett didn't want him to. He's going to have to start, mm-hmm. sadly. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Paqueta probably. Our. Who else is still around? Oh, yeah, I think Alwar has to start. Alwar is going to have to be starting. Toko Kambi. Needs the bench. Kataweri. Slimani around, probably. Surely it'll be Shirky. I don't think you could start a front three of Tino, 
Toko and Slomani. That would be the most mobile front three going. You could. It's the, it's the free stars of Africa. Like, that'd be, a, yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing. I'll, all I'll say is if I look at my phone at 7 o'clock to retweet the sides and see that that's the front three, I don't know if I'll be able to watch the game. Richard, just forget the fact that they're playing. Um, <laughs> or we get, I don't know, if we get, we get, what's his name, Samari in? Like, yeah, yeah, Samari, yeah. There might be people we not even know yet. It could be, could I mean, be a fan off the street going into there. You know? As you can oh, tell from, from this conversation. <laughs> as you can tell from this conversation, Leon are um, ravaged Ooh, through uh, suspension and... Little thin Injuries, in terms so, of the squad. Yeah, thin. Thin's a good word to use. So it's going to be a very different eleven. I think you'll see players that don't play that often, starting from the outset in what is a must-win game, but that's the reality what? we're living in. We've just got to get on with it. My real worry is, is CDM, because if Mendes drops and we don't have Kakre, and is it really going to be Paqueta, Bruno, and Auer? That is one hell of a attacking what? field. What it's kamikaze football. It's got to be like, it has it's, to be one thing or another. Gosh. It's Leverkusen all over again. Oh, no. There's <laughs> no other option, right? There literally is no other option. I mean, again, what impact do you think that's going to have, George? The <laughs> Just signed a new contract, by the way. Congratulations to him. Another academy kid coming through. What we like to see, but in reality, that's the midfield we could be looking at. Do you think that could have a bearing impact on the game, George? Yeah, I mean it's kamikaze football. I mean we have to go for it, so might as well just put all the attackers and bam, hope for hope for something, right? Pressure that Lorient team because obviously they're going to come yeah. rumbling. Excuse me, they're going to come rumbling as well because their backs are against the wall too but for other reasons they want to keep themselves in top plate football you know like so it's going to be like that tip or tat like who's going to blink first kind of thing and if we pressure them and overwhelm them very similar to what we did against Stade de Lem, then we're good we not like in that sense not like us being down i mean like afterwards completely dominating that game putting the gas on the pedal that's what we have to do, starting off, get it over and done with, and keep it going. Full 90, not a 45, not 40, full 90. Um, I think this is time for our to really prove, like, to other teams outside of Europe, you need to step it up. And this needs to be that game where he has to step up, you know? So, that too. Also, I forgot, he has to keep in mind, I have to perform very well so I can try to get on the French team. Obviously, it's an outside chance, but I have to get it onto the French team or else. In real terms, looking at Leon's squad, it doesn't fill you with confidence. And I think it's safe to say Lorient are a team in fairly decent form, Tom. So, again, looking at the stats and the numbers, what do you see the chances of three points in return to the podium being? We'll mention this. Uh, we still have Juninho and Casapa in the in the start, so we need people to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Juninho is very much ready to come onto the pitch on on Sunday. Uh, that I can tell. I think that's the kind of passion he has. Um, 
when it comes to Lorient, it's it's up and down, really. Um, they, they've they've improved recently, kind of, but it's it's still it's, it's a similar vibe as as Troyes, as Auxerre, and all those teams are trying to play good football. They play on the three, they play on three G, don't they? Lorient or like some sort of very smooth. Yeah, it's an artificial. Artificial pitch, turf. Yeah, something like. Artificial turf. They want to play this good football, and they're not quite getting the results they're wanting. Um, they're being saved far too often by probably one of the best duos we've got in French Liga, which is Terence Moffi and Wissa up front, who is combined with 23 goals. Um, that is really impressive, but without those two, I don't know where they would be. So the current rock bottom. Seven, maybe not rock bottom, because Dijon are, are hitting a new lows. Um, but they could be pretty fun. Um, if you if you take away Terra Muffy's goals, which is 40. well goal contributions, which is forty four percent, so cut their thirty nine in half to nineteen, they'd be where Dijon are. relegation at the moment is 17th with four points clear of the playoff spots that we're sitting where Nantes is sitting at the moment so three games to go they need one win two wins yep. two wins well, I think a win and a draw would be fine for them a win and a draw would be fine to get away from, from Nantes who are probably not going to win all three of the last games um, but they will they want to be clear um, so they're really fighting for their lives at the moment uh, in, in the top division. I don't see how not after being so poor all year get out of this, but Toulouse have been able to do it a few times. I mean, I'm just looking at Nantes' schedule. They have struggling Bordeaux, already relegated Dijon, and Montpellier. So Montpellier are not fighting for much. Bordeaux, Bordeaux is better recently. Bordeaux have to save themselves. Theirs is outside of outside of the league that they're worrying about more than what's in the yeah, league. but yes, but obviously the investor will be much more interested in Bordeaux if they've been the first division, and I think they're oh, really elite from, from my knowledge. Um, so Lorient are average. Uh, they're doing a bit better recently, but it, it's still been up and down all year. And when you rely so much on two players, we say that. Leon relied a lot on Paqueta Memphis most of his time this year. So, mm-hmm. bit sad. Um, so, Laura and I expect are, are going to be trying to get that win because True. they need it to be clear. But also, can I start to... Yeah, but also yeah, keep in mind, if they don't win against Leon this week, they have Metz and Strasbourg, two teams that are nothing Metz to play for. still trying for Europe, from my knowledge. They, I think they're a little farther away, right? Maybe. And yeah, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. They have to Strasbourg, they right. Yeah. Strasbourg got just like them on the same amount of points. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the relegation. So they'll be, they'll be, might be the, next, the final relegation spot at the end. Of yeah. The one thing I worry about is Terra Murphy up against. Tiago Mendes and Tonelli Diamonde. That's the one thing I'm worried about in this game because well, 
he can go in games where he misses chances, but when he's on form, you Oof. don't mean to give him too many chances. He's he's pretty efficient in front of goal. So again, if you've got he might have done. I don't know. My memory doesn't go back that far to be Before we'd even record, I thought the game ended nil nil. So that shows you. But yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not pleased to the prospect of Thiago Mendes dealing with Terry Mafia as centre back. It doesn't fill me with the most confidence. But if he can pull that off and Diamonde can lead that backline again, Wiss is the same. I wouldn't be too. Uh, be too happy with him running at Thiago Mendes at centre back either, but that's what we're going to have to rely upon if Ben Lavery doesn't start and Mendes is operated as a unorthodox centre back, as you'd say. Yeah, he um, scored. It was Jan Wister that scored in the 63rd minute. Yeah. So, considering the fact that Leon are depleted in terms of the players available to them and Lorient have got some dangerous players and are still fighting for something. Have we got any score predictions? Are we going to be more optimistic this week, George? Uh, I'm I'm very I'm not confused, but I'm just like it's, this is going to be really hard to predict just because we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot in this one just because of the red cards that we had and the suspensions yeah. and the injuries and COVID. You know, so I, I'm having a struggle to figure out what a score prediction would be in this case. I'm sorry. I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I'm Pick a score one, out of anyone. I would say 1-0 us, barely. That's fair. That's, That's fair. where my head is at right now. Yeah. I'm leaning towards a nil-nil draw. That's still good because you know what? That would still put us ahead of Monaco. By goal difference, yes, but still, with the suspension that we have, we don't know how long the Cockney suspension is. We don't know how long Marcelo or DeShiglio. We know Memphis is just that one because of the yellow cards uh, accumulation. But we don't know the three of the four. That's that's the thing that scares me because if it's longer than one game, then this is not going to look good. But we'd have to scrape by with 1-0, and I'll be okay with scraping one nil this game if it needs to be the next two games. I'm okay with that. But my head's going for one nil. I don't know who to score. Don't even ask me who I'm gonna say who's gonna score. I don't know who's gonna score. <laughs> I will ask. That's fair. What about you, Tom? Score prediction for the game. Two one because I do expect Lawrence to score at least one. Um Yeah. Yes, we are going to have a lot of suspended players, but I do feel like there is a bit of that momentum coming out of that game against Monaco, I hope. Um, I think that win against Paris back in December meant we won quite a bit afterwards. So there is a feeling that doing really well in big games does motivate Leon to go a step further. Um, we saw it Juventus, then Man City, and we weren't that bad against Munich. Um, we went toe for toe for them. Yeah, so there is something about winning big games, which are really difficult for Leon this season. Um, but when we do, we're quite good after it. So this is a trick, tricky game because, as we mentioned, a lot of suspensions and Laurent already fighting for something. I think we can do it. 
and perhaps solely by hoping that both Bruno and Turkey show up once again. Um, if neither of them show up, we're going to have some big problems. Um, but it's maybe time for Awad to shine. You know, if, if he's decided that this is one of his last games at the club and that he wants to go and play for Man City rather than Villarreal, um, then this is his time to shine. He needs to shine. <laughs> he needs to shine because yeah. no club in Europe would want him if he's not playing well. You know, it's it just yeah. hurts us more than it hurts them. Um, so I'm gonna go at least one goal from Turkey. The rest, the other one I don't know, but I'm going to go at least a goal and assist from Turkey. So wow. <laughs> Damn. The optimism for Turkey to continue. Um. I'm torn this one as well. As mo- I like to be optimistic, so my heart's saying the same as you, Tom, two one. But I could see it being a Desmond. I could see it being two two. I can't lie. I can just see, based on the fact they're able to score, and we've got Mendes up against. It's the Muffy and Whisser against Mendes that's throwing me off. I'd be a lot more comfortable if it was Ben Lamry and Diamonde, and I'm not too sure. I mean, about what, yeah, that. why then? Why get Ben Lamry then? Yeah, obviously he's back from injury, but because Ben Lamry might not be fit, and again, Denier might be fit. Yeah, we have we don't know the whole extent of Steps. the whole situation, but the 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 thought process is that in the French media that Thiago Mendes has a good chance, good was the word, of playing centre back against Lorient, and I just. I think with the midfield being very attacking emphasis with Mendes at centre back, it just it just throws me off. So well, I'm gonna say I'm think... gonna sit on the fence and say two mm-hmm. one or two two. I would think it if this case, if we're gonna have Mendes as a centre back, you might as well make it a three five two or something like that. But again, you haven't got the players to play. Five at the back. We don't. We don't have the bodies to be able to play. Through. You're not going to play Dubois, Mendes, and Diamonde as a back three, and then have I don't know, Corne and Adewale as wing backs or Shirky as wing backs. It's just. I was going to say maybe Ben yeah, yeah, Again, but we don't know if he's going to be back. We don't know if Ben Lamry's going to be fit and we don't know if Denai is going to be fit. So I'm not sure. It's, I'm sure we'll, by the time this comes out, you'll probably know who's going to play and who's fit, etc. if we get an update. But again, the, the Mendes at centre-back isn't filling with confidence at all. But I'm sure we'll see that pan out on Saturday night. Um, has anything, anyone got anything else to add? I was going to say that you know last time we had a very a plane that was struggling a lot when we played centre back and turned out okay, so maybe Mendes is his time to shine at centre back. <clears throat> no, you sorry. never know. You never know. Well, <laughs> seeing that this recording is on May fourth, I want to wish everyone a happy Star Wars Day. So yeah. may the fourth be with you all. And may the fourth be with those OL players on Saturday. And by the time the recording comes out, it's already Cinco de Mayo. So have some tequila and have some fajitas. It is good. That's all I need to say.
There you go. The, the national <laughs> holiday theme, which by George. Um, anything to add to that, Tom? You can't eat that. Actually, wait. When's the Any, Is it your grandmother's That's birthday Saturday. next week? Something Saturday like that. 20th. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, 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 yeah. We're all giving out special dates today. Just a second. We wish you all a happy happy holiday for every national holiday there is in the UK. I'm going to say happy birthday to my dad for the 16th of May, which is in two weeks while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) We may as well throw them all out there. But (laughs) I think we're playing the 16th of May. When is the 16th of May? Is that like a. Other than that. No, 16th is against Neem. Yeah, we are playing them. (laughs) It's the the multiplex games. It's the last two games, the multiplex. So Hopefully we can reward my dad with um, three points. Not that he'd be interested that much, but hopefully we can reward my dad with three points against Neem. So on that note, I'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. See you later, guys. Bye.